This is a test. The New World Order is conducting a test of the emergency broadcast system. This is only a test. If this had been an actual emergency, the signal you just heard would have been followed by the phrase... Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order, this is the Nerd World Order broadcast. I am the man that you call Dukes, and to my right, I have your boy, Joe. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? And to my left, I got Matt. Hey, what's going on, guys? Good to be back on here again. You guys know when you hear that voice, it's the Nerd World Order Gaming Broadcast. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast are strictly the opinion of the hosts. This is going to be all about gaming. We're going to talk to you guys about everything that's happening in, in gaming right now. Talk about what's come out, what's popular, what's hot on PS4, Xbox, PC, Nintendo 2, everything in the world of gaming. Matt, I'll turn it over to you. Uh, what have you been playing lately? Yeah, so I just got back from the GameStop Manager Expo. Um, they do that once a year for all their store leaders, so I do get to play uh, a lot of games that are coming out soon that aren't available yet. Um, one game that I played that was out already was Vader Immortal. Um, it's a it's a Star Wars. It was like a, a Star Wars game. It's like a demo, basically, but it uses the Oculus Quest, which is a, a completely wireless VR setup. Um, essentially, it's a PC, but there's no actual PC that you're tethered to. Everything's built into the headset, and you just get two wireless controllers, and that's how you play the game. Um, this game took place where Vader was basically training you to be a uh, not a Jedi, a Sith. Um, so you used like a, a lightsaber and stuff like that. It was really, really cool, and the quest is awesome. Um, I don't have a quest, but I'm definitely thinking about getting one after playing that demo. The quest, um, how would you describe that? It's like the a new generation. Like Oculus still has um, Oculus Rift. I guess they're still using that, but that's tethered to a PC, and you need a pretty high P- high end PC to run it. So this isn't as powerful. It's less powerful, but it's only four hundred bucks, and it's standalone. So you spend four hundred bucks, you get the Oculus Quest, and it has everything you need all in one. Sounds pretty sweet, and also reasonably priced. So I think people should definitely check that out. The uh, other nice thing was that uh, with PSVR specifically. If you look on the sides, like it's kind of cloudy and like you, you don't see things that clear. You kind of need to look straight ahead and turn your head. That wasn't happening at all on the Quest. So that's another good feature on it. So uh, was that the top game that you played or did you play anything else at the uh, convention? No, I played a bunch of stuff. I got to play, um, sort of play Doom Eternal. I'll make it kind of brief. But what basically happened was I was waiting in line. I only have four hours at Expo to play these games for Doom Eternal. I waited like 30 minutes or so to play the game. It was supposed to be a 15-minute demo. By the time I sat down, I was going through tutorials. I was like, oh, man, I already know how to play Doom. Why, why are they making me do a tutorial right now? Like, isn't there, like, there should just be an option. Do you want to go through the tutorial or not? So I went through five minutes of this tutorial, and I finally gave up. After five minutes, I was still in the tutorial. I had other things I had to do, so I just didn't even play that game, which is unfortunate because I love Doom. I know you're a huge Doom fan. And it doesn't make much sense that they would run everybody through the tutorial, especially given the people that were at the expo. You would figure all of you already know how to play Doom. So that was definitely a miss on their part. Yeah, the only new mechanic I really remember was there was like a, like this thing where you can like climb on the wall. And they could have just thrown that to the point like when where you were actually in the in the game itself. 
they could have just had it like press this button to wall climb. That's all they would have had to have done. <laughs> and I would have known how to play the rest of the game. I think it's probably going to be just as good because Doom 2016 was fantastic. How were the graphics? It looked really nice. I mean, Doom is one of the better looking games that, that, that that's come out, at least as far as shooters go. Um, so the graphics were pretty, of course. And then from there, I played Call of Duty. I actually played a 2v2 mode on Call of Duty, which was like a, uh, it was like a demo uh, where two players are on one side against two other people. And you just you have to kill each other. It's in a very small map uh, because there's only 2v2, but it was really, really good. So if one person died, you felt extremely vulnerable. Like if your teammate dies, like you felt very alone, especially if the other two of them are still alive. So it was really intense and I, I liked it a lot. It was the best thing I've seen out of Call of Duty. Um, so I played two different Square Enix games. I did get to play Marvel Avengers. I actually got to play the game, not just see it. So this is a, a brand new Avengers game. They've been working on this, I think, for about three years now. It's fine. It's okay. That's about all it is. It's not... It, it was very basic. <laughs> so one of the things that you talked about in the last episode was at E3, they rolled out a, a commercial or a preview for the Avengers game. And the thought was, you know, they had to rush something out so that they would have it for E3. I'm kind of getting the vibe from you that it's just not going to be that impressive. And that's kind of what we saw in the commercial. And that's what you saw when you played the game. Is that about right? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. I mean, I did play the demo, so they could always change stuff later. This game's not coming out, I think, until like March or April of 2020. So they have they have plenty of time to change things if they want. But that, you know, that time is going to deplete pretty quickly. Uh, graphically, it looks it looks good. It doesn't look great. The gameplay was fine. It wasn't great. Like, it, it, if I was to judge it just off the demo, it would probably be like 7 out of 10. You know, good. That's about it, though. Do you think it's too late that they release it like a Marvel Avenger game? Because, you know, like, the Avengers are kind of, like, already over. I mean, they're gonna, I know the movies are going to put new Avengers on there, but I kind of think it's a little, a little too late. I think everyone's already probably burnt out from the Avengers. I think that has a... a you know, it's going to have at least a bit a bit of a negative effect on it. But, um, you know, Marvel is still a really hot property. Like, look at Spider-Man, for example. Spider-Man came out a year ago, but they took their time with that game. They really nailed the gameplay first, um, which I thought the Avengers gameplay was fine. But, like, Spider-Man felt way better. You know, the graphics looked better in Spider-Man. Spider-Man was one of the best-looking PS4 games. So it just it just has to do with I guess who's developing the game. Not nothing against those people. Like I said, the game is fine, but I just don't think it's going to come out and see tens across the board. And the, the fact that you know the Avengers movies aren't happening, I think that'll ha- you know be a slight ding to them. But Marvel's still super popular, so I I would expect them to sell well just with the name. But you know, how much did they pay to get that license? Is it going to offset how many people buy the game? You know, I hope if Marvel is strategic, they'll do what was done with the Matrix series. Matrix was probably the first uh, multiplayer online game that I played. And the reason that I was so excited to play it back in, let's say, the late or early 2000s, maybe even the late 90s, I'm not sure, was because it continued the story that the movie left off with. So once the Matrix trilogy was done, they transitioned into the game where basically everything that happened in the movie everything that you wanted to know basically what happened after 
Neo saved the world, everything like that, that transitioned into the game. So I hope, because Marvel's done this pretty interesting thing where they're like, okay, so we have Disney+, Plus, you get part of your content from there. We have the movies, you'll get part of your content from there. So hopefully what they'll do is they'll bridge some form of content for the actual MCU into the game. I know it's a long shot, but that's what I'm hoping for. Yeah, that'd be really cool. While I was at the Square Enix demo, and after I checked out Marvel, I went over and checked out Final Fantasy VII. I'm not a big RPG fan as far as like turn-based RPGs go, and I don't like Final Fantasy. I've actually tried Final Fantasy VII, the original one, multiple times. I've tried and tried to like that game, and I can't stand it. The remake is a completely different story. They nailed the gameplay with this game. It was probably my favorite thing that I played at the expo. It's still, it ha- they really have a unique system where it's like sort of turn-based, but sort of isn't. Like you hold down that, or you hit the X button and the menu will pop up. But when that happens, in- instead of it going to like you taking a turn and then your enemy taking a turn, it basically slows down time and lets you pick, you know, what, what you want to do next. And the enemy can attack you whenever they want. There's no like, I go, you go, I go, you. It's, it's not like that at all, which made it better for me. So that was really awesome. And then it was easy to understand they had a very short tutorial. This tutorial was maybe like you know, a minute, minute and a half long. And I knew how to play the game right from that. So they, they really made intuitive controls. And the graphics were phenomenal. Like, it's amazing that this game came from Square Enix. So the same publisher. But it's like, it's a thousand times better than the demo I played for Marvel Avengers. So what I'm hearing so far is Matt hates tutorials. I do not like tutorials most of the time. Like, I'm gonna, <laughs> if you haven't ever, never played it in Doom 2016, it's it was really funny in the beginning of the game. Like, the screen pops up and it starts starts to take you through a tutorial, and uh, your character, the Doom Slayer, he grabs the computer and smashes it on the ground and walks out and like grabs a shotgun. It was like the the best feeling ever. I was like, oh my god, they understand me. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So I'm gonna you know tell you guys about what I've been playing. I downloaded for my Xbox One DC Universe Online, which is just a really fun game. It's a multiplayer game. You get to play with other characters, help them go on different quests or different missions and stuff like that, and you get to build your own characters. So the reason I was excited about the game was because instead of having like your generic Superman, Wonder Woman, Batman like right there in the center, they had like Shazam, boom right there in the center is the character promoting the game. So I was like, oh, you give him a boy some props. So, of course, I had to download it. Fun game. You get to build your own character. You have your choice between, like, speedsters, uh, tech guys, everything like that. So it was a really fun game. It is a fun game. I'd recommend it. Most systems, you can download it for free right now. Of course, there is in-game content if you want to level up faster, but it's a really fun game. It's great to build your own character. It's got a great storyline. Uh, Lex Luthor basically uh, comes in and asks you to help save the future. Uh, he's from the future to save the future from future Lex Luthor. So it's a fun story. Uh, I recommend it. What system did you play it on? Xbox One. I'm always about the Xbox One. I have the PS4 up and running now, but for me, it's just more convenient. I'm used to, to the controls it's just a lot more fun using the Xbox One for me. Yeah, that wasn't a fun game. I played that game about four years ago, four or five years ago. 
You need to pick it up again, bro. It, a lot of people, since it's part of the free content on most of the major systems, a lot of people are starting to get back into it now, especially, you know, with DC starting to have, uh, you know, more consistent movies with Aquaman, Shazam, Wonder Woman having been hits for them. People are really starting to get back into the game right now. I think it came out, like, didn't it come out, so come out on uh, the Switch, I think? Was it the Switch? Yeah, it just came out to the Switch. Yeah. That's why I was asking Alan. I thought maybe he picked up a Nintendo system. <laughs> nah, he'll never do that. <laughs> Matter of fact, Overwatch is coming out on the Switch too now. Let's talk about Overwatch on the Switch. So, you know, I heard from a few folks that <laughs> even though it's it's Overwatch and it's on the Switch, the controls are crap compared to Overwatch on all the other gaming systems, and it's just not as good. Have you guys heard that at all? Well, you could say the same thing about like console players versus PC because my my son plays Overwatch on PC and says it's a lot easier, a lot cleaner to play, a lot better to control, especially with aiming than it is with a console. So it all depends on the player, I guess. If they're using Joy-Cons, Joy-Cons suck for first-person shooters. They need to go get a pro controller and they should be fine. Matt, what's up with July's net promoters right now in PDs? The uh, NPDs for July, this uh, report I took from VentureBeat, Jeff Grubb wrote it up. I don't have August yet. They haven't posted, but they'll probably post in a couple days. But for July 2019, it tracked spending across all the video game hardware, software, accessories, and game cards. It totaled $762 million. It was slightly higher than a year ago. Analysis Matt Piscatalia said gains in software spending due to the shift of Madden NFL into the July month tracking. Uh, offset declines across hardware, accessories, and game cards. So basically what that means is Madden used to come out in August, came out in July of this year, so it made sales increase, and it offset the declines in other areas. So Madden alone did that, so that's pretty cool. Um, for the month of July, the best-selling games, I'm just going to give you guys the top, nine, or top 10. Madden NFL 20 was the number one selling game in July. Fire Emblem Three Houses, Super Mario Maker 2, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, Minecraft, Grand Theft Auto 5, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Mortal Kombat 11, Mario Kart 8, and The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. So those were all your July games. And then for the best test, the 10 best-selling games in 2019 so far, this was an updated list. Uh, same as last month for number one, Mortal Kombat 11 still in the number one spot. Kingdom Hearts 3 is in the number two. Uh, the Division 2 is in number three. Anthem is fourth. Resident Evil 2 is 5, Smash Brothers is 6th, Red Dead Redemption 2 is 7, Madden 20 is 8th, Days Gone is ninth, and MLB The Show is 10th. Uh, we have three questions coming from Cage Free. Uh, Cage Free, thanks for sending in the questions. In the future, if anybody ever wants to send us any questions, they can either hit us up on Instagram, Facebook, DM us, or we always send out a question uh, thread right before the podcast. So you can always find the thread, drop your questions there, and we'll add them to the broadcast. So the first question from Cage Free is regarding digital downloads. Cage Free says, I recently plugged in my PS3, and guess what? Infamous Little Big Planet and other games were no longer working. I tried logging into the PS Store and nothing. The PS3 store is basically derelict for me. This has renewed my preference toward physical media. What do you guys think? 
So I, I did a little bit of research on this. Uh, once I saw this question, I turned on my PS3, went to the store, and um, I was actually able to locate those games. So there could be a couple of things that was happening with his PS3. His internet connection might not have been stable. It might have kept like kicking him off. I'm not sure why he wouldn't be able to access the store. Maybe the PlayStation Network was down, which is a possibility. But these games are all Sony first-party titles, and I believe these were all free PlayStation Plus games at one point. If he let his PlayStation Plus subscription lapse, that's why he can't access those games anymore. And that's personally what I think is probably happening to him. So if he renews his PlayStation Plus subscription, he should get those games back. But again, I could, I could be wrong. But uh, I saw a little big planet on there for sale, so he should be able to go back and download those games. Awesome. Thanks for that update, Matt. So we get another question coming from Cage Free and also a little bit of trivia about how he met his wife. Cage Free says, I'll be the first to admit, I love everything Call of Duty. I even met my wife there. What? Met his wife online through the Call of Duty. Uh, oh, yeah. Long Long story there. Um, but I'm starting to get a little bit fatigued and frustrated with the franchise. Are you guys feeling the same way? The Black Ops storyline should have ended with Black Ops. What do you guys think about Black Ops uh, going on right now, Call of Duty? My kids don't even play that game anymore. They used to be all about it. They used to have zombies in the Call of Duties, but they don't even play that anymore. They're, they're, they basically play Apex, Overwatch, and lately they've been playing back to Minecraft, which you said was number five on the best selling, which is still shocking to me that people play Minecraft. But I, they don't even play Call of Duty anymore. So I, I, I mean, I can see his frustration with the Call of Duty franchise. What do you think, Matt? I did get to play the 2v2 mode, and it was awesome. Uh, they are going to be doing uh, online multiplayer betas in just a couple weeks, so if you're if you're kind of on the fence about it, go and pre-order yourself a copy of the game, and they'll give you a, access to the beta, and you can try it out. If you don't like it, you can always you know move your pre-order over something else, cancel it, whatever you got to do. But at least this way you can try it out. You can pre-order through the PlayStation or Xbox store. The 2v2 mode I got the hands-on with. It was great. More importantly for him, since he seems to be very focused on the story, um, this doesn't have a connection to Black Ops 2, um, so it shouldn't affect that storyline whatsoever. But as far as Modern Warfare goes, it's a it's a brand new Modern Warfare. It uses the same characters like uh, Captain Price and Soper in the game, but it's a whole new story. It's as if the other Modern Warfares never exist uh, existed in the past. The biggest thing with the story, though, it's going to be more intense than any other Call of Duty game that I've ever seen before. I got to see a, a trailer for it. It was a, a trailer for it at the expo. Um, I'm not going to go into details because I, I could probably talk about it. I wasn't allowed to take any videos or footage of it. Just to be safe, I won't go into any details. But it, it was very, uh, very, very intense. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time of that trailer. And I can't remember the last time I felt like that for any Call of Duty game. And it, honestly, it was probably the best trailer that I saw uh, in the entire conference. Matt with the non-disclosure agreement with Modern <laughs> Warfare. That's pretty sick. My experience with Modern Warfare picked it up. Joe talked about the zombie edition, and you know me, Walking Dead, zombies. I was like, oh, I get to shoot zombies and pretend I'm in the Walking Dead? Of course I picked that up. The game never really appealed to me. Uh, story mode didn't really hold my interest long enough. What I've seen is you know, I'd rent the game from Redbox and things of that nature, it just felt really repetitive. What Matt's talking about, uh, where it seems like they've turned it up and kind of revamped the game for hardcore gamers and modern warfare 
fans, it's what we need right now. And for people like me who are just casually into the series, I would pick it up because anytime a game is kind of rebooted and revamped, it's something you have to jump in and give a chance. Hopefully they have more zombies. I know Matt has signed that non-disclosure agreement, so he can't tell me if there's zombies. <laughs> but if there's zombies, I'm in. They, they haven't confirmed that or not. I didn't see anything with zombies in it. Uh, they they are bringing back a different co-op mode, so I'm guessing uh, they're not going to have zombies because Modern Warfare always had its own co-op mode. So that's coming back. So I doubt there will be zombies in this one. Joe was, you know, what Joe was saying is correct. There's a lot of lapsed Call of Duty players, and in in my opinion, if if there's a Call of Duty game that's going to bring people back, it's probably going to be this one. It's on a brand new engine, um, and there's a reason for that. New systems are coming out next year. I guarantee you, this is the same engine they're going to be using for those systems. I think this is a chance to put everything in the right direction for them. Okay, Matt, uh, let's tell us about these stadium events found for. Oh, uh, wait, wait, yeah. wait, 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 wait! You got to ask. Forgot the third about question. the third question. <laughs> Come on, bro. Hey, that's not that's not a non-disclosure question, brother. <laughs> uh, I can't believe we try to try to like. Yeah, dude. So apparently, there's a third question here. I didn't print out well. On my agenda, <laughs> can you guys please get Alan to play a Legend of Zelda game? Uh, gentlemen, it's not going to happen. Cage, this is why Alan cannot play Zelda. He doesn't have the patience for that type of game. <laughs> We're recording the podcast. He's got to get up, stand up, walk around, and come back and sit down again. He <laughs> cannot sit down long enough to play that game. So he will never, ever play Zelda. Unless... I'm playing it, and he's watching me. This is true. And then I would still get up and walk around and come back and see how Joe's doing in the game. Right. I can't believe you haven't played Zelda. That's one of my favorite franchises. I, I don't you you know. You need to play Zelda. He's correct. <laughs> if they created a Zelda game that maybe... I, don't, I can't think. No, I, I won't Dude, do it. If they created a zombie game with Zelda in it, my boy would be playing that damn game, dude. Straight up, dude. If he could have a Walking Dead experience in that Zelda game, he'd be there. This is true. Yes, yes. If there were a zombie version, Walking Dead version of Zelda, I would be down for playing some Zelda. All right, Cage, for you heard him. Go tell Nintendo I need to put zombies in Zelda so we can get Alan to play a game. <laughs> <laughs> So this is a little bit of retro news for you guys. The next two or three stories will be retro. So if you're not, if you're here for the news, I'm sorry, but this is news to me. Uh, <laughs> but uh, Stadium Events is one of the most expensive NES games, and uh, recently it was put in a lot on eBay, and this guy bid on it. So I'm just going to read what he what he wrote. Uh, he wrote this on Nintendo Age. I don't know what his real name is. He wrote Why Not Zoidberg. So I don't know if that's his name. That's his username on Nintendo Age. He wrote It Happened. I found a loose stadium events in a $100 lot I bought from some random family. I won't lie. I shed a tear in my car after I picked it up. This was yesterday, August 25th, which happens to be my birthday. I turned 38. According to the website Game Value Now, today, right now, a loose copy of stadium events is estimated to be worth $12,082. He struck gold with that. It was online. I saw it was online. It was up on eBay. I guess they had to buy it now. It was on there for about 10 to 14 minutes, somewhere in that range it got sold. Wow. So I wonder if when he was buying that, 
I wonder if it's one of those things where you know when you're getting a really good deal and you're sweating <laughs> and you're like, I hope they don't check this. Right? <laughs> I'm paying. I wonder yeah. if he was sweating the whole time. Oh, I'm sure. I guarantee you people were tr- sending messages to the seller telling, do you know what you have? You know, I guarantee you that, but they pro- I'm guessing they ignored it because if you, if you have a game that's worth $12,000 and you're selling it in the lot for 100 bucks, that's that's insane. Dude, right. what, if, what if they were like cash only? Dude, I never walk around with cash, bro. <laughs> I'd be like, no! I would have hit up an ATM right away. I'd be running. Do you, got, do you guys know the history behind stadium events? Do you want to hear that real quick? I'm sure there's some people that are listening that don't know anything about a stadium event other than a sports event at a stadium, maybe? Oh, I'm going to make you guys know stadium events in two seconds. You guys know track and field from Nintendo? Yes. That's stadium events. Okay. So what happened was stadium events was made by a different company. Uh, They made um, the stadium events had like their own pad and they had the game stadium events, which is basically track and field. Nintendo bought that game from that company and bought the rights to the pad as well. They created the power pad and track and field. So it's the same exact game, but because this was actually released in such a limited quantity before Nintendo bought it, those games are extremely valuable because they're rare. The pad is worth a lot, too. Nice. I remember playing track and field in the arcades, dude. Remember you used to put a pencil between your fingers and you would tap the button to go faster? Yeah, that, that or use your hands. (laughs) <laughs> now you, the hands wasn't as fast you would put like the the like a pencil in between your fingers and the motion of of you hitting it it would be a lot faster trust me it worked i'll have to try that i got my power pad still joe is correct i actually remember seeing a dude use a butter knife to instead of a pencil <laughs> see what i mean dude it was just like the the the, the thing is it's faster than you just you know Pushing the buttons down, I'm telling you, dude. I'm Asian, man. I, I busted some MacGyver. I busted out a pencil. It, was, it, it worked. <laughs> I'll have to definitely check that out. That's awesome. I do still have a power pad. i got to see if that thing works. The other piece of retro news was um, that a, a ROM got dumped, which is awesome. Um, this is good for, you know, for preservation purposes. Uh, I'll read this as quickly as I can. Because the article is really long. You guys should all go read it. It was on Polygon. The author was Nicole Carpenter. Um, So please check the full article out if you're interested. It reads, you probably haven't heard of Space School Games. Space School is an educational game for the Famicom. uh, Japan's version of the Nintendo Entertainment System, basically. That's what a Famicom is. They created with a Japanese national broadcaster, NHK. A series of seven games, six were created for schools, and the seventh was made for a Japanese gas company, are so rare because you can't just stick it into the Famicom and play it. You need a, a special adapter called QTA made specifically for these cartridges. Uh, Nikolai Gubanov, also known as Russian Geek, a YouTuber, creator, and game collector, found that the Space School games were never commercially available. Instead, they were only made available to educators for use in schools. Because of how niche the games are, they just slipped into the background and were largely forgotten until Russian Geek bid on until man, this was spelled rude. Until the Russian Geek bid on a cartridge and the adapter at a Japanese online auction and he he won both and they both worked. Um and not only were they rare, they also ran on unique hardware that had not previously been documented. Video Game History Foundation Video Game History Foundation founder 
Frank Cifaldi, um, told Polygon about the game's uh, context in the industry. Industry. Not only did the games have to be obtained somehow, which felt impossible, they also had to be dissected and reverse-engineered by one of only a handful of people around the world that can do that sort of work. The likelihood of both of these things happening is very low. So this is awesome. This is like a, just a preservation piece that they were, you know, this, this Russian geek guy was able to get the adapter, get the game, and preserve it. Uh, if you read the full article, it also talks about there's other games in this series that have not been preserved yet. So I would expect that uh, now that he has the adapter and he knows somebody who can, you know, reverse engineer it, I would expect him to try to go after the rest of these to preserve the rest of the games. Well, I think when we all started playing video games, we never thought that they would hold such importance where people would take the time to make sure that they could reverse engineer them and and make sure that they were preserved. So it's pretty cool, especially with the Famicom or Famicom. You know, that came before the original Nintendo where it was Japan's version of the original Nintendo. So that's like the original beginning and for them to be able to preserve that and bring it back is just really cool because you know years ago we would have never thought that that would even be a consideration so it's great that they did that all right the last bit of retro news we have for you guys is the disney collection is going to be coming out it's going to contain aladdin and the lion king which were they're kind of kind of like classics from the uh, 16-bit era um this is going to include the sega genesis version of aladdin which some of you are going to hate me for saying it's the superior version, the NES one or the SNES one. Not that great, not compared to the Genesis one. Uh, there's going to be the Game Boy version. It's going to include the Super Game Boy version also, um, so that'll put a bit more color options in. Uh, Disney Aladdin's Final Cut. Um, Disney Aladdin's trade show demo. That this is the coolest thing to me. So in 1993, they had a trade show where they showed Aladdin off. They created a demo for it. This is the first time this has been released since 1993. So that's going to be part of the collection. Uh, They're going to have the Genesis version and the Super Nintendo versions of Lion King, as well as the Game Boy version of Lion King as well. Are you guys into either one of those games at all? I feel like Disney, as Matt uses quite often, when he says a company has a license to print money, Disney has a license to print money. The retro gamers are going to snap this up. And the mom and dads out there who want to have their kids relive what they enjoyed playing, they're going to snap this up. But at the end of the day, it's same garbage, different trash bag. And I'm just not going to waste my money on this Disney garbage. So, you know... This weekend or previous weekend, Joe and I went to D23, had an awesome time there. One of the things that we learned is that Disney fans are like hardcore. They're ravenous. They make comic book fans and movie fans look like punks. They're going to snap this stuff up too. But you know who's not? The man you call Dukes. You're not getting my money, Disney. (laughs) Uh, Hey, yo, I'm with you on that, bro. Like, Growing up, man, I love the Sega Genesis, man. It's one of my favorite systems. It's unfortunate that Nintendo came out and just blew it out of the water. I really love the Sega Genesis. And I never played those games. You know why? Because those games suck. I'm not going to play an Aladdin game. I'm not going to play a Lion King game. They just suck. Disney, if you're going to come out with games from the 16-bit that I love, don't bring out these weak games. 
just because, you know, like Alan said, these Disney fanatics are going to go out there and buy it just to make that damn money. Well, you know who ain't going to buy it? The man they call Dukes and your boy Joe. Well, I'm going to buy it. I'm going to buy it for one specific reason. Lion King? Okay. I don't... Lion King's not that great of a game. I, I don't think it's that great of a game. Lion King has a unique flaw in it, too. That at least the, the Super Nintendo and I think the Genesis version had the same flaw. Disney had asked the developer to make the game very difficult. Specifically, it started, I think, on the third level. And the reason they did that is they didn't want people to rent the game for a weekend, beat it, and never go out and buy it. So the game is ridiculously hard. It's a pain in the ass. And I don't like Lion King. Aladdin on Genesis is one of the best Genesis games, period. You can say what you want about Aladdin. That game is amazing. And I'll buy this again just to see the demo trade show version of Aladdin. They can take my $30 for giving me something cool and unique that I won't find anywhere else. Dude, if I can buy that Aladdin game and then rub that little genie lap, I'd make this whole discussion about these Disney collection games disappear. <laughs> well, that being said, we'll move on to the Nintendo Switch, Alan's favorite topic of the day. So we had a, a Switch Direct today. There's tons of new Switch news. As Joe mentioned earlier, Overwatch did get announced on Switch today, which is pretty cool for Overwatch fans. I personally don't care about Overwatch, but for you Overwatch fans, that's awesome. Um, they put on some free-to-play crap called Serby Curb, or Super Kirby Clash, which is a Switch game. It's not a mobile game, but it's designed like a mobile game. You can start the game for free today, and you can play with four players and do a bunch of crap, and they'll take your money. Um, Smash Brothers announced Banjo-Kazooie, or announced that it's launching today for the, uh, the Smash Brothers. Banjo-Kazooie is my favorite character from Rare, and that's awesome that it's going to be in Smash. They did also announce two other important Smash pieces of news. Terry from Fatal Fury is going to be the fourth challenger that's coming out. And that the, beyond the, the five-pack of challengers that they've announced, they, they are going to create more. So there will be even more fighters b between uh, Terry and the last one. Uh, Link's Awakening got them announced. That's a Zelda game, Alan. Even though it's called Link's Awakening, I'm sure it would put me to sleep. Oh, my Ooh. God. That's the sound of the microphone dropping. <laughs> Tokyo Mirage Sessions got announced, um, which is like a very like Japanese music kind of game. I'm not interested in what it whatsoever. It's Assassin's Creed Rebel Collection got announced, which is Rogue and Black Flag. That's interesting because Black Flag was... If you, if you like Assassin's Creed, please go play Black Flag. It's the second best game in the series. Uh, Divinity 2 Original Sin got announced. It's, it has a surprise release of today, so you can download that now. Which is That game's supposed to be excellent. Never played it, though. Same thing with Deadly Premonition, which also got announced. There, there's like an updated version of Deadly Premonition. And then they announced Deadly Premonition 2. It's going to be coming out in 2020. So you can download the definitive edition of De Deadly Premonition 1 and then get ready for 2. And then this made me happy. Doom 64 will be released the same day as Doom Eternal. And for those of you who don't know, Doom 64 is an original title for the N64. It's not just Doom redone on the Nintendo 64. It's an original title. You could only get on 64. It was never released except for Nintendo 64. So now everybody has a new way of playing that. Are you guys going to check out Doom? Because that'll be on Xbox and PlayStation. I am. Absolutely. I remember playing doom a few few years ago 
the the new version that came out. It was a lot of fun. Uh, so I'm going to give this one a try. See if I can make it past first two levels. I actually remember playing Doom 64 when I had the uh, Nintendo 64. Yeah, I never owned it, but I rented it. I love that game, though. I can't wait to get it. It was a good system, dude. It, the the wrestling games on there were, like, top-notch. Oh, man. Oh, WCW uh, versus NWO. That's, oh, man. Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, they also announced Jedi Knight 2, which is a, a remake, of course. They showed some gameplay. It looks like trash. It looks like a game from that time, so they're not updating the graphics at all. They're just, like, porting it to the Switch, which is a little disappointing. I think they should update it or do something to it. It looks not good. But the game was great, so if you're just looking for good gameplay, that'll be cool. They showed off some new stuff in Animal Crossing. They have crafting. That sucks. The rest of it looks cool. Um... Xenoblade Chronicles is going to get a definitive edition. A definitive edition. So this is a remake of the Wii one. Um, it's an RPG. It's a Japanese RPG. Uh, my friend said that they fixed the faces. I guess the faces looked like trash in the original. So they at least went back and fixed those. That's coming out in 2020. And then the biggest news, in my opinion, from the Direct, was that SNES games will be available for your Nintendo Switch online. I skipped the SNES era completely uh, i i know so i have no no excitement on this so i'll let you guys jump in and take this one yeah dude you, you how, it's weird that your first system was the game boy <laughs> nintendo and yet you've never you've you never had a nintendo you never had a nintendo 64 you never had it you know what i mean it's like it's crazy but yeah dude these are good games dude. when i had a nintendo i love the sega like i said dude but when nintendo came out like i remember my mom would take me where uh me and alan used to work back in the day don's video and i remember running the system and fell in love with the system yeah so it's pretty cool like they always they offer you those free games like online i think that's always a good thing when you can get games that you grew up playing that you can they re-release it i think that's pretty cool yeah, much like you, Joe, I, I was a Sega kid. I had a Genesis. My neighbor had a Super Nintendo, so that's how I was exposed to most of these games. But, I mean, th this game has some of the best games ever made on it. The Legend of Zelda Link to the Past, Super Metroid is on here. Let me run through the games real quick, because if, you, if you're listening and you don't know what it's going to include, the SNES Switch part of the library, I think it comes out either today or tomorrow. So by the time you hear this, it should be live. So if you subscribe to Nintendo Switch Online, all these games are free for you to play as long as you subscribe to the online. Um, they have Brawl Brothers, Demon's Crest, uh, Joe and Mac 2, Lost in the Tropics, Kirby's Dream Land 3, Star Fox, Super EDF, Super Mario Kart, Super Mario World 2, Super Poyo Poyo 2, Super Tennis, Breath of Fire, F-Zero, Kirby's Dream Course, Pilot Wings, Stunt Racer FX, Super Goals and Ghosts, Super Mario World, Super Metroid, Super Soccer, A Legend of Zelda, Link to the Past. And that's just starting out. They're going to add more of these over time. And Alan, A Link to the Past is one of the best set, the best Zelda games. So you should buy yourself a Switch, get Nintendo Switch online, and go play A Link to the Past for Cage Free. If I understand the way that Nintendo just named most of their games, they just put Super in front of everything. And <laughs> uh, we, <laughs> the kids would run out and buy it, huh? So... I need to go out and buy Legend of Zelda, a super link to the past. I'll be doing that. 
<laughs> that was like the thing when Super Nintendo came out, dude. Everything had Super in it, dude. Everybody bought it, man. So yeah, it was a very Nintendo thing. Super was what they put in front of a lot of the games during that era. And then 64 is what they ended the games with during the Nintendo 64 ever. Sounds like a pretty lazy way to name your games, Nintendo. <laughs> Those are good games, though, dude. Like Breath of Fire is good. Super Ghosts and Ghosts was good. Super Mario Brothers, just classic. Super Metroid was dope. You know what I mean? There was a lot of good games. Mario Kart. I played Mario Kart for such a long time. Star Fox was dope because they had a uh, four-player split screen. That was pretty cool. That's one thing Nintendo's good at. I think we've mentioned it before on podcasts before. They, they're they good at like those little four-player co-op games. Yeah, they're super at all that. Um, you know, <laughs> looking at this list, I have to say, I, I remember playing Star Fox. Uh, that game was Whoa, pretty okay. Oh, crap, bro. <laughs> when did you play it, bro? <laughs> On YouTube, you were watching somebody else play it? <laughs> yeah, I remember playing Star Fox. That game was pretty okay. Let's see here. Yeah. Star Fox. That's about it. That's pretty much all the big news from the past week or two. Yes. So you can find me on Twitter at from NJ, the number two, CA. You can also follow a new production company I just started. It's Nerd Enthusiast. You can follow that on Twitter as well. Thanks again for uh, the support tuning in. We're going to we're gonna continue to post videos of our future discussions of what we want to do on a podcast. We'd love you guys' feedback and questions. As you can, as you can tell, Cage came through with some questions, but we would like to do more of that because, like Alan has mentioned before, this podcast is for the community, and we do it for you guys. So the more involved you guys are, the questioning, it, it shows support for us to keep going and doing this thing for you guys. So if you guys uh, are hearing us for the first time and would like to catch other episodes of the Nerd World Order broadcast, you can find us on YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, and Podbean. If you're interested in joining the Nerd World Order community, all you have to do is type hashtag IMNWO into Facebook. Uh, you'll find the Nerd World Order community, which is 20,000 strong. Or you can type hashtag IMNWO into Instagram or Twitter or any other major social media, and you'll find us there. Thank you all for listening to the Nerd World Order broadcast, Gaming Edition, with your gaming correspondent, Matt Morosi. Ladies, gentlemen, and knights of the Nerd World Order. So this concludes this episode of the Nerd World Order broadcast, Gaming Edition. Until next time, I am NWO. We are NWO. And let your nerd flags fly. Booyah! Alan, go play Zelda. Perfect.